Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGall, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Follow the Brand podcast. My question to you is, do you understand the true value of your data? As a recent Cisco study made clear, cybersecurity will help fuel and protect an estimated $5.3 trillion in private sector digital value at stake in the next 10 years. This is the kind of numbers boards cannot afford to overlook. Cybersecurity is important more than ever. Attacks can impact an organization's reputation, customer trust, stock price, and bottom line due to the cost of recovery. My guest, Dr. Alexis Pertero, states that every organization will get hit with a cyber attack. So you must understand the fundamental security policies to mitigate and understand the risk. Dr. Alexis is a data privacy champion who believes that everyone should own, control, and determine how their protected information is processed. A senior global data protection and cybersecurity risk leader with over 20 years of proven experience in information technology, risk management, data protection, audit and governance, and compliance controls within both regulated and non-regulated organizations across a diverse industry, including retail, healthcare, finance, banking, insurance, and local government. A firm believer in the theory of reciprocity, Dr. Alexis regularly mentors and pays it forward through learning and speaking initiatives focusing on data privacy protection, regulatory compliance, governing the processing, disclosure, and management of consumer data. Dr. Pernero Weeks is a Associate Research Fellow and member of the Cybersecurity and Information Privacy Policy Committee with the America's Institute for Cybersecurity Leadership, a nonpartisan think tank focused on cybersecurity discourse relevant to North America, Latin America, and the Caribbean. He's the immediate past president and member of the executive leadership board for the ISACA South Florida chapter and the Technology and Innovation Steering Committee of the National Association of Health Services Executives South Florida chapter, as well as the Project Management Committee of our ADI, member of International Association of Privacy Professionals and InfraGuard South Florida chapter. 
Dr. Pertero Weeks holds a Master of Science degree in Information Security from Nova Southeastern University, an Executive Doctorate in Business Administration with a focus in Information Security from St. Thomas University. Let's welcome Dr. Alexis to the Follow the Brand podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in again to another fantastic episode on Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, and today we always have a special guest. And, and I'm, I'm going to go out a little bit further today. He's not just a special guest. He is a good friend of mine. He's been involved with me ever since we went to a football game back in, I think, I'm going to just say it was back in like 20. 15, 2016, 20, in, in, in any event, we went to this game and, and he came with his people and we, we were going to the, the Dolphin game and I think we were playing the Raiders. We were undefeated. We had that moment in the sun to watch the Miami Dolphins actually walk out of that stadium undefeated, beating the Raiders. And uh, I had Alexis with me. So we're going to talk to Dr. Alexis about what he's been doing. And the reason why I met him at that particular event, we were part of the uh, South Florida Hems and the NASI organization, bringing professionals together to have some collaboration, to have a little fun and to get to know each other more. And I wanted to invite him onto my show because he's is special. We've worked together not only at that particular uh, event, but also at another event. It took place at the Memorial Healthcare System. And we had, we call it, uh, it was, it was a TED style Talk. We call it Tech Talk. And he talked about his um, expertise as a cybersecurity professional. And he was one of eight people of color that are very, very influential in this world in what they do. And I think it's impactful for all of us to know and get and, and understand the visibility of the people that are doing things at a very high level in this technological society. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Dr. Alexis. Thank you, Glenn. Happy to be on the show. Always happy to catch up and, and connect and find ways for how we can contribute and give back. So that's always been a great hallmark of, of at least my success and my association with um, NASI and a couple other organizations for which I'm passionate about um, finding a way to give back, especially for those individuals who's trying to get into the field. So, you know, cybersecurity, when you, when you kind of look over the industry today, I think there's a lot of hype around shortages in, in when you look at technological staff, individuals who perceive to be able to come in and succeed within the field. I think that's kind of a misnomer, right? When you look at the way cybersecurity should be envisioned as, as it relates to an individual who's being successful within the field, one of the things we always talk about is more or less bringing your authentic self. Right. You know, what are the skills that you have in your existing role that may be able to transition into security? There's no secret sauce, right? An individual need to be able to bring whatever they're good at. For example, if you're working at the help desk, right, you could maybe have a situation where you're part of an incident triage team, right? Because you have the ability to kind of decipher or take in that initial initial uh, call that may come into a service desk, right? Where you may end up being the front line. There is a perception that everyone needs to be able to be a quarter, right? So cybersecurity and risk, there's a lot of tools, so you need to understand the tools, 
So you need to understand fundamental security. You know, what are your risk factors? How do you walk into an organization, do an assessment, understand where there may be opportunities within that infrastructure base and what they are doing, right? Are they operating in standard procedures that may expose them or lead, lead them to having risk, right? And how do you identify those risks, work with the respective individuals or organization and be able to put mitigation control in place? Every organization at one point will get hit. That, that's a realization in this cyber world because we are a technological society. We depend heavily on data. Data is the new oil. Yeah. And and people are will try to get your oil. They'll try to get, you know, it, it's a very expensive uh, commodity. It's, it's very valuable. And people will try to get their hands on it for a number of different reasons. I, I want to back up a little bit and know a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. And I was... I was I did not know that you were from the island of St. Kitts. I want to know about how you go from St. Kitts to Miami, Florida and become a cybersecurity professional. It was all a dream, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it was all a dream. It's it's you know, when I was going back up when I was going up in St. Kitts, I was always involved in le- different leadership opportunities. Whether it was in boy brigade, church stuff in church, you know, as I was standing. So someone of extended parentage, you know the value of education from a very early age. You know, that is installing you. Then the conversation about advancing my career or academic at the time kind of fell into place in what we'll call Form 4, right? So that's just before you get ready to do O-levels. And I've always been one of the folks who was always wanted to do better, always had a desire to learn, advance myself, always took an interest in that part. And, you know, one of the things that I was fortunate to have, I've always been fortunate to have good mentors, right? There's, and I've always been self-driven, but to, to have people who really believe in you from a very early age, you know, that's, I think, is one of the contributing factor to at least my level of success to this point. Because there was individuals who see your capabilities and kind of invested the time in you, spend the time with you, mentor you. And even before looking at it financially, you know you would do it long term. So it was just a transition. And back in 94, I got an opportunity to come here and study in Clearwater, Florida. So 27 years ago, you know, the journey kind of started. And, you know, once you come to the land of opportunity, you just have to take as much opportunity that kind of fall into your place and just continue to build those steps. I think that's so, you know, just coming from a small island and seeing that you saw opportunity and that you, you took advantage of that and that then you focused on cyber security, which right now there's a huge shortage of cyber security professionals worldwide. So you're in a profession that you are in demand. Is that correct? Yeah. So when I when I actually came to, to college, you know, my my degree was not in computer science. You know, when I first came to college, my goal was to to my associates and undergrad degree was actually in marketing and international business. So when I initially started my college journey, my goal was to kind of work for a multinational organization to understand why a customer would buy. Right. How do you position your services in a manner that enables you to do that? The idea of getting into security 
I think when I was in my undergrad, I remember I was working in the, the lab for um, this gentleman called Glenn Campbell at the time at FAU. And I was a marketing guy working in the computer lab, helping a computer science student at the time. And when we start looking at the market outlay of what a person with a marketing degree was making back in 99, compared to what a computer science or computer engineering student was making, it was almost double. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to go work in marketing when I start looking at the trajectory at the time. So that's kind of my first inlay into it. So I was helping these students doing their computer work. And that's, at those times, you're on VAX and Windows NT and, you know, all this stage of Windows, at, you know, back in 99. And I'm like, I want to do this stuff, you know. So it, that became my kind of a dual part for a long time where I have a business degree, a marketing degree, but I've always worked in IT, you know. That's this awesome. Time. That that definitely sets you up as a as an entrepreneur for sure. Mm-hmm. And I know you've had your entrepreneurial pursuits. You've had a you know a great career in 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 information technology, and you just recently got a doctorate. Is that correct? Yes. So as part of that continuous learning again, a few years ago, I decided I was going to go get a master's degree. So. One of the things that I try to do, I try to be strategic, right? I kind of look at where the industry is and then where it's going to be five to 10 years from now. And then that allowed me to map out, you know, what are the areas that I need to focus on. So at that point, I started to look at, okay, data security, messaging, storage, and a lot of the stuff fundamentally in terms of that was in the market at the time. So I decided I was going to go do a master's for fun, for the fun of it, right? Because at the time... I was working at Broward Health. I was doing well. I really didn't look at advancing myself academically in terms of making more money. I know it would come. So a lot of the stuff in my early days, I spent a lot of time around leadership, you know, the fundamentals, you know, everything that you need to do to build that leadership and understand. And at that point, I had a great mentor at the time, uh, Dr. Fernando Martinez. You know, I remember I was at Broward Health and he kind of reached out and he said, hey, anyone who's willing to get certified within this 120 IT department, not only is the organization going to pay for it, but we will support you to go to training class and whatever the case is. And at the time, he had a master's degree in information security. So he kind of became like a mentor you know, from back when I was at Broward Health in around, I think, 2007 at the time. So that kind of kicked off my interest within that information security and cybersecurity field. So he went to Nova and had a master's. So I wanted to go to Nova and I had a master's. And then he had a doctorate degree and I wanted to get a doctorate degree. So it was just like that mentor-mentee relationship that kind of built out of that. So and I, you know, at the time, he was one of those leaders where, you know, you really want to succeed because he really invested the time for people. Right. So over that time, not only did we build that, that mentorship between you know, myself and, and Dr. Martinez, he actually served on my committee for my doctoral um, program as well. So uh, and a lot of strategic decisions that I've made around my career over the last at least 10 years, I've constantly gone back to him, you know, and kind of share with him, had that experience. He's about family. So, you know, we spent a lot of time. So some of the places, like when I went to work to Jackson, for example, 
he had an opportunity there and he you know he took a shot on on an individual who was technically deep but wanted to kind of sit down and transition into leadership so that was it and the time was a, a five-year CISO track that he kind of kind of built that you know to kind of get me to I'm very level. familiar with him he was on one of our uh, South Florida hymns webinars and he led that and he's down in Texas now. And I know he influenced a lot of different people here in South Florida. He's iconic. And I I appreciate you sharing that uh, story and that experience you had with him. You've been associated with a lot of different uh, associations, whether it was uh, HEMS, whether it's uh, uh, ISACA and, and others that have propelled you. I, I want to know, because this is a personal brand show and also business development, and we're kind of walking in both of those worlds right now. But if you had to say, as you look back at yourself, what is your unique expertise? What has differentiated you? And could you put that in a way that, you know, this is my brand. If people think about you, this is what they see. This is the perception that's out there. So when, when, I, when, I, when I think of the perception, one of the things that I've been successful at is you know, it's it's easy to compete in cybersecurity, right? You can have all the technical tracks. You can know all of the different tools within cybersecurity of what is required. But I think at the end of the day, the most important factor is being able to align those back with business, right? What is the goal of the business and what is the opportunity? How is your knowledge or experience in now going to walk into this business and help them being able to meet their needs? So when, when somebody asks you what I do, I said, I work with organizations to help them mitigate and understand risk, right? So that is my brand, my ability to be able to walk into a business, sit down, have that conversation, understand where some of the risk risk factors are, and try to find a solution, right, to be able to meet those needs as well. So when I think of it from, from a personal brand, I understand the industry. I invest a lot of time staying ahead of the pulse in terms of what is happening. I look at the trends in the markets to see how businesses can be impacted. So you have a now, there's a big switch within the, the market space where you're looking at organization, especially small businesses, right, who's trying to get online. And when you look at it from our com- country, technology has played an important part in terms of our dominance and our growth. What happens sometimes is that organizations tend to be quick at the trigger, as I would say. So before they're really mature, they want to do all of these cool things, right? You know, somebody coming to your shop or now there's online so you can spin up an AWS. You know, I said, it's, it's more or less of the click, click, next fatigue is where I see in the industry today. Because there's a lot of people who really don't have a strong underlying security technology background, right? To be able to understand the risk. So everyone think you can just spin up a container you can put everything online, but then if you don't secure it, then Google calls it, and then a researcher finds it. And many organizations, sometimes they get to that point where they don't continue to maintain those small things. You know, They forget the small things as they grow much larger. This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include 
process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.5starbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. So as you go much larger, the risk increase. Now you're doing more data. And businesses need today need to look at how, for example, how regulation is going to impact the way they operate their business, how they collect data, how they process data. How do you align your businesses with best practices? So someone spins up a container, but then there's a check. Or you look at a recent incident with, with, with the UN, where there may be an inappropriate disclosure or not, you know, proper security hygiene resulting in risk, right? So some of those things, we kind of forget them as we mature organization. And sometimes you have that realization that you need to step back and go back to your core, right? How do we protect this asset? You know, there's a concept they always say, if it was my money, would I want you to have it, right? So it's you kind of put that personal connection to it's your business, how would you protect it? If it was your house, you wouldn't just leave the door open, Right. So if you, if you take it to that personal level as you want a business, you know, it, it makes you connect to that needs and being able to put those some of those controls in place. I think I hear what you're saying and that you don't know what you don't know, yep. especially when it comes to this digital space. Mm-hmm. And that when you look at it as if it were a physical space, of course, if it's something important, something that's valuable, you would want to protect it. You would not want to, to leave it open to anyone that could be able to you know, get the assets that you, that you have. And that's what you are. And as we start to see you know, ransomware and all the different the hacks that are taking place, even in the political landscape where you've got you know, different compromises that are taking place because the digital space is so, so important. But I want to ask another question of you. And that is because there's a lot of young people that listen into our my podcast, right? The Follow the Brand podcast. And I always try to give them some tidbits, some tips to understand how they can get involved, what they need to do to move their career forward. So I want to ask you, if you backed up when you were in school, or maybe before, or a little bit after, and you could change some things you know, in the past that would would have helped you to where you're at now, what would that be? So like, I remember when I was back in college, there was the, there was a notion around getting a degree or being certified, right? So there's always been that struggle. I remember at the beginning of my career, because you, you, when you look around, they're like, man, you have all these people who went out and they got certified and you feel like they're moving past you, right? But when you look at slowly building your career where, in my sense, and you know, I went out and got the degree. Now I'm going out and getting all the certification, right? And now I'm doing a combination of, mo- of, of both. But I, I think for somebody who's just getting started, I think being able to have mentors, mentors, right? Or individuals who've done it before you. I think sometimes there's a misconception that you're doing it alone. But if you really have to research, you realize that there are a lot of people who have done it before. Um, and if you're a student of knowledge, 
or, or have the ability to want to learn and you invest that time, there's so many people who have done it before. And one of the things that successful people like to do is document, right? So they either put a book, they're going to do podcasts like you're doing, and you have to take the time to go search for that knowledge, right? So there is the concept that, you know, most of the stuff is hidden in the book, right? We've seen, we've seen so many stories of successful people who've gone to the library and learned new things, right? And being successful at being able to do that. But there, I think most of it is a perception that individuals have because they think it's so difficult. From, from my perspective, just give it a shot. I always, you know, you've, you, you've heard it from many people in the past that talk about, you know, you miss every shot that you don't take, right? So if, if you don't even try, then, then you're going to stay where you are anyway, right? So what is the worst case? You pick up a new knowledge, you pick up a new experience. And I think even you look at the pandemic now, the pandemic reaffirmed that same level of, of learning, right? Because you can either use this time to get caught up on Netflix and all of these um, distractions and this, yeah. exactly, right? Or you can use this time to learn where, you know, you can go out and get certified. I got a pandemic, I got a degree in a pandemic, but I was already on a trajectory. So I was already prepared when it came. I picked up two or three certifications during the same time. You know, I've spoken in a couple of panels during the same time, right? So if you're prepared when these things come, it doesn't hit you like it would hit other people, right? Because you are prepared. Because I, when I looked at what I'm doing in my career now, I plan to be here five years ago, right? So while people are talking about data security and cybersecurity, that's not a new thing. I was running doing disaster recovery for Office Depot, a $14 billion company when Katrina hit, right? So the whole process around that is not new for me. It's just like other people now catching up to it. So like when I start looking at my career, like I said, now it's the same thing. So now I'm doing data privacy. I'm getting deeper into that. But that's something that I already saw five years back. Whenever I go back to your conversation about the value of data, Right. So I already got all the the building blocks to be where I am now, where you know I'm sitting now with folks who's making regulations, right? Or I'm doing research about regulation on that topic. So because I have a vested interest in that. So that's why I said when I look at it from that perspective, I just caught up with what everybody's now seeing, but it's something that I already see saw before, right? As I kind of planned up my career in terms of okay, you want to be successful. I have at least four or five streams in any one of my practice today that I can, you know, make whatever money I need to take care of my family because I kind of plan, plan that accordingly. That is sage advice for a lot of different people that you're multifaceted and that you can look ahead living in that future. Right. And then walking toward it. I think that's wonderful. And I have a question. I know people are curious. I know I'm curious they hear about these hackers. Are hackers actually people that are cyber professionals that turn bad? Or how do you, where do these people come from? But, you know, the, the you know, research speaks to the fact that there are many drivers for individuals who may get into that. Um, there may be financial benefits that people have. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a concept that I try to live by where an individual with the most access represent the most risk, mm-hmm. right? 
So the guy who's set up your system, God in the system, have advanced access to your system, while he may be a value to your business, he also represents a risk. Because unless you fully understand the needs of that practitioner who is working for you, that's a challenge, right? So you always say that you need to have compensation control in place for individuals with those elevated access. Always assume, like I said at the top of the hour, assume you're going to have an incident. A hacker will get into your network. The question is, how is it architected in a manner that would allow them to get in but not get out, right? And what can you do that if the inside guy who has access, guy or girl who have access to your system, if they download that information, do you have the ability to detect it? So, like I said, you know, there are multiple drivers, you know, from a research perspective that speak to that. There's organized crime, right? There is the nation state's um, action as it relates to that. And the, a lot of the targets have been around research and development. If you look at over the last five years where the attacks has been coming from, you know, look at the organization that have been attacked. Credit Bureau, right? Um, GSA, um, hospitals, right? So imagine obtaining that type of information. If you can compromise a credit bureau, they have a whole history of you, right? Where your work, social security number and other type of activities. If they can compromise GSA and other type of government institution, now you're getting 20 years of information for some individual that have clearance levels, right? If they can compromise your healthcare, they can now go in and get service as you grant, right? Like I remember we've had situation in, in places we worked before where an individual may come in and get service only to realize that somebody has stolen their identity, came in and get gotten service as well, right? So it, it's very, it, it's fundamental to organization, especially within those space that have that data, right? And have to understand what is the process that's requiring you not just driven by regulation, right? It should be your due diligence as an organization that maintain that type of information already. Yeah, that is, uh, it, it's, you have to have the knowledge. You have to mm-hmm. understand who you're working with and who you give access to. And then what is the potential for them possibly to go darker or not? And just, uh, it is, you know, we are in risky business, but understanding those things. But I guess it's no difference from a bank. If you put in a, a vault and that person knows the combination to the vault. <laughs> How many people have that combination, right? Exactly. Even like if you read, like, I think one of the books a couple of years back, we were talking about, I think Kevin Misnick has a book that talk about the same thing. So it's the whole concept where they have a rotational code within the bank. Right, where you're gonna call it, what is the code of the day kind of stuff. And the person who goes into the bank, normally there's two people, right? So no one person should have the keys to the jewels, right? It's no different than the launch codes now. You know, the president can give an order, but the way the, the keys are designed on the board, one guy or girl can't have both keys, right? It's distance apart in the design for that reason you need two people turning the keys at the same time to be able to launch launch a missile. And that's designed, you know, that's that depends in depth and multiple layers of security, right? So you need multiple confirmation before uh, a strike can be launched from that perspective. So you kind of have to build that and think of that 
when you're designing security, when you're working for organization, and that's one of the ways that you're going to try to be able to protect in an organization. Um, everyone who has elevated access should have a separate regular, and they should have a separate account, and then they should have a privilege account. And that privilege account should be rotating every 24 hours, right? So those accounts, if it's compromised, then the exposure is limited to maybe one day, right? Or, or, or much smaller than that that you want, or have some process to be able to say, if you're going to do elevated type of work, you need to be in a position where that is controlled. And not only is it controlled, it has to be monitored as well. Man, that uh, everything you just said there, you've all, we've already earned uh, some of your uh, expertise that you've mm-hmm. shared. That's very, very valuable, and I appreciate that. And I want you to, uh, if you don't mind, tell us some things that you're doing. I mean, you're you're involved in a lot of different things. So let the audience know uh, some of the things that you're doing on a personal level. Yeah, so on, on a personal level, you know, one of the things that I, I cherish a lot is is mentorship, right? Being able to work with folks who have a desire to go in. So a lot of my friends who's at organization who may need someone to come and speak on the topic of, of getting the journey started. You know, what are the things that you actually do? So a couple of universities I work with um, within that space to be able to do it. I'm still a part of ISACA, an organization that, you know, my mentor gave us an opportunity almost 14 plus years ago, right? So I went to the ranks of that organization, led it for a couple of years as a president. Now I'm the immediate past president and I'm, I'm sitting on the board still driving those initiatives. Um, there's another organization that I'm a part of called All ADDI, right? So it's an opportunity to look at how the diaspora is reconnecting back to the continent of Africa. I'm a part of the um, EPO board looking at how we can build technology and solution to support that organization. And obviously, Nazi, you know, I'm always willing to be connected with that organization. That's where you and I kind of met a couple of years back um, because of my experience or, or background within healthcare. And, you know, I know that there's a couple of things that you and I talk about for some um, speaking opportunity that I'm really looking forward to be able to do that. There's an organization that I'm also part of called PripSec Global. Um, they're looking at the whole issue on data protection. And what do you do on a day-to-day basis with an organization to be in a secure information transfer and data at rest, all of those kind of um, cool stuff. But I think the most important thing, I'm also part of another organization called um, AICL, or American Institute for Cybersecurity Leadership. And one of the things that we're looking at is cybersecurity risk within the Americas, Latin America, and the Caribbean, and how those cybersecurity risk impact individuals or organization within that space. So it's a more of a research think tank looking at cybersecurity across multiple avenues, marine time, data privacy, governance, risk, policy development, and, and the cyberspace, educational leadership as well. So that's that's something that we're kind of looking at what we wanted to do. And then I think one of the new things I'm trying to put together with, with another one of my colleagues uh, is that two privacy duty where we're going to look at doing a podcast specifically around data privacy and how the average person kind of deal with it, right? Because privacy, when you think of the privacy, I think there's a lot of um, misconcept right now in the marketplace where people don't really understand the value of their data, right? You need to understand that if the service is being provided for free, you are the product, 
right? And if you don't get a better control around how your data is being collected, processed, and used, in the long term, you're losing more control over part of your identity. And individuals today need to be more mindful of organizations who misuse their data under the guise of providing free services. Excellent, excellent, excellent. You are definitely well networked. I want our audience to to understand that, that you're multifaceted and that you you reach out and that people reach out to you and that propels you forward. And I really, really, truly uh, appreciate that. So if the audience wants to get in touch with you, what what is the best way? Um, LinkedIn. I'm um, Dr. Alexis Pedro-Beeks on LinkedIn. Um, They can reach out to me through that channel. They can reach out to me through Nazi, uh, to you, Grant, if they have a need. And and especially for organizations, you know, small, large, or whatever the case is, you know, we're always willing to have a conversation in terms of what you're doing, if there is some way that I can help in a specific manner, especially nonprofit organizations who may not financially have that need. I have a group of researchers, all doctors, individuals within that field who who's willing to have that conversations, right? So we're looking at our opportunity to be able to, to give back. You know, that is our way of realizing that, you know, when we got started, somebody helped us. Um, I'm also looking at maybe um, starting up some stuff at Miami-Dade College. So they recently reached out to me to do some teaching. And then that's something that I'm kind of evaluating right now. So look for a class coming someplace close. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Uh, I, I look forward to it uh, when you decided that you wanted to be a guest on Follow the Brand. I said, oh, man, we're going to have Dr. Alexis. This is going to be a classic. Uh, I love what you're doing. I look forward to tuning in to your, your podcast and, and learning more because this is just a space that we can't get enough of. You've got to truly understand cybersecurity. You have to understand that your data right now is worth more than your own money in the bank. Think about this. If you lose your phone or if you lost access to your computer, you'll probably go through a lot of hoops, you you know, move heaven and earth to try to get that data back. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So there, there's some basic things that you need to be doing, right? And then the first thing, there's a, um, a couple of principles that I follow. So on every computer that you use, if you're not using it at the time, the wireless or the physical network need to be disabled. So as a standard practice, when I disconnect from my desk, the first thing I try to do is disable my wireless on my device. So your device should not be connected while you're not using it, right? There's no reason why your desktop should be connected to the internet while you're sleeping, unless you're running like a server or something from your lab at home. But other than that, those are basic security things. You need to make sure that you have virus protection, you have VPN, basic things that you're consistently checking your system on a day-to-day basis. Um, One individual who's a part of my network that always, I think he has a phrase that says connected equal hack like Alex LeBlanc or Alexander LeBlanc, I think is the guy out of Canada. And one of the things that if, if it's connected, somebody have the ability to access it. So if you disconnect it, someone can get to it, right? When you look at the whole thing with ransomware, it's the same thing because you're constantly online. So as a personal individual, you need to make those steps. If you're traveling, make sure you have VPN running. You know, don't connect to any device that you don't own. When I travel, I always have my own Wi-Fi. Whether I'm traveling in Europe, going to the Caribbean, 
I have my own MiFi when I travel. So I want to connect to my own device. I don't connect to a hotel device or none of that stuff. So anything, especially when you want to check for banking and anything that's very sensitive, carry your own device, tether from your phone, whatever you need to do. And if you're a corporate executive, be mindful where you put your phone down, like you talked about before. If you put your phone on, you lose your phone on your computer, you need to make sure as an organization you have the ability to wipe those as well, right? So being your own device kind of policies where you indicate to a practitioner, if I'm going to allow you to connect to my environment and get corporate data, I need to have a policy to be able to wipe it, right? So when I worked at a hospital, we always had a policy to be able to do it. Always assume that a physician is going to lose a laptop. You have to have ability to break it. If they're going to have a device, always assume there's patient information in there, even though when they say they don't have patient information, always assume that there's sensitive information on every device um, that you're working with. If somebody's going to travel with a work computer or whatever the case is, make sure it's encrypted for the hard drive and you have the ability to remotely wipe it. Um, in the technology today, you can actually break it if it hasn't connected back into the network after a certain number of days. Right? And based on the position that individual working in the organization, always assume that your data is going to leave unless you have a way to validate it otherwise. Wow, that is just you know the tips of the day, how to maintain your own digital assets by Dr. Alexis. So take those to heart. You do not want to be on the other side of a cyber attack. So do what you can to protect yourself. So I want to thank you for being a guest today. We're going to look forward to uh, another discussion, I'm sure, we're going to have on, on South Florida Hymn. So I'm looking forward to that a discussion when that comes around, hopefully in the, in the upcoming future. Definitely. So for everyone that's listening uh, to us, make sure that you tune in at www.5starbdm.com. We are creating a brand that you can follow, a five-star brand that anyone can follow to enhance your gain on under improve your understanding and take you to a different level in your career and business pursuits. So thank you very much for having me in your particular, uh, on your show, because this is your show as well. And Dr. Alexis, thank you very much. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you, Grant.